Hello and welcome to 2023 and to With This Book We Can. I'm Lynette Barker. And I'm Kerry Gittins. We are teacher librarians passionate about literature and how to bring stories to life in the classroom. We would like to acknowledge the First Nations peoples of Australia as our first storytellers. Your stories and experiences are the heart of this country. In particular, we acknowledge the Awabakal people, the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording today. So welcome to 2023, Miss Lynette. Oh, how did that happen? It just went by in the book. And now it's night. February, so yes. Yes, it's Here time to do a podcast. Time to start back. So today, um, for our first podcast this year, we wanted to talk about an author, an Australian author, Katrina Nanestead, who is an amazing author, and she's written quite a few books, but the latest one is Waiting for the Storks, and it follow, kind of follows on, I guess, from another book that she wrote called We Are Wolves, and then she also has Rabbit, Soldier, Angel, Thief Out, which was an honour book last year for the CBCA. But both Lynette and I wanted to concentrate on waiting for the storks. And I'll just read you the blurb on the back. It says, I don't want to remember the truck or the night I was taken or the family I left behind. I am not a sad Polish girl. I am a good and happy German girl. I am. I am. I am. It's the Second World War and Himmler's Lebensborn program is in full flight when eight-year-old Sofia Ulinski is kidnapped by the Germans. She has blonde hair and blue eyes, just like the other Polish children taken from their families and robbed of their names, their language, their heritage. But when Sofia is adopted into a wealthy and loving German family, it is easier, it is safer to bury her past, deep down, so everything is forgotten, until the Polish boy arrives and the past comes back to haunt her. So what did you think of the book, Lynette? I'll be honest, I avoid books that challenge and bring children to situations like this that they're not aware of mm. at they're gaining a knowledge of but I don't know how you could not not read this book it was beautiful and if ever you're going to enter into a world where you want our children to gain some empathy about what other children have been through this is such a perfect way to do it it the, is isn't it yep the language was incredible and as I was reading it, I was uh, oh, I felt safe, and then I was drawn into the challenges of Sophia, and I it really, you know, there were times where I was uncomfortable. And I know when we talk to children or read it to them, they will be uncomfortable. But she had this beautiful way of you felt supported, and then you sort of were brought back to a, a safe place before you finished the story. That and it didn't um, take away from what happened, and it left you really thinking about the life for that young girl but she did it with such gentleness I was really impressed yeah I love the language in it too and I think the way that she's written the story and the way that she's crafted her characters especially the main character of Sophia makes the story and the book so accessible for children in stage three I think sometimes people when they write about the war or or write about traumas that children experience don't necessarily write it from a child's point of view. They tend to write it from more of an adult point of view, imposed on a child. Whereas I think she's done a really good job with all... Well, I haven't read Rabbit's Soldier Angel Thief yet, but especially with the, the other two that we talked about before that I mentioned, she's done such a good job at making Sophia a child and, and writing it like she really is telling it from the child's point of view. And, and it was so real. Mm. And... I think I really loved the if the choice 
this or that. Yeah, the game that she used to play with her mum and dad. Yeah. It was so clever because you realised it was a game in the beginning but then it became a survival tool. Exactly. And yeah. I, it's this or that and my future depends on my answer and I can't go back. Oh, it was really clever writing. And sometimes the choices that the main character made were ones that perhaps you wouldn't necessarily disagree with. But as you said, it's all about survival. Mm. So if you do this, oh, yeah. mm. you get punished mm. and you don't, get, you don't get to live the good life sort of thing. But if, if you take this choice, okay, it's taking away from where you really belong, but you survive. And you go on. And even though she found joy in the way she could live as a German girl, mm-hmm. that struggle was still there and it never left her. She, you could see it. It was there. But um, the maturity of that little girl shone through. So it wasn't, it wasn't harsh, but it wasn't glossed over like decisions didn't matter. It was just clever. Yeah, it was very clever. Yeah. And I think too that the decisions that she had to make were were weighed up against not just her own survival but when her friend Thomas comes back into the story towards the end of the story and he comes to the neighbouring farm of one of her good German friends, the German friend Gudrun calls him a slave and this is when all of the, the feelings of, of being Polish and of, the, of being called a Polish pig instead of a mm. German princess start to resurface and she starts to think about even more the decisions that she's making is it good is it good enough for her to to try and relinquish her or forget not relinquish but forget about her polish past and forget about her own mother and father it was so tricky because you're going don't don't speak polish don't let him know and then you're like you tell him because then you've got an um a person there of support but don't tell him because exactly it was a real even in your own mind it was such a an interesting struggle of your own thoughts and i don't know the journey she went on would as an, an adult going through that, how mm. they would have coped with that decision-making. Maybe the innocence of a child, you know, helped her to be able to move forward. Yeah, perhaps. I think you're right there. But I also think, too, having Thomas reappear was a very clever way of getting her then to reconnect with her Polish heritage mm. because she then slipped back into the language mm. when she was meeting him in her friend Gudrun's barn and showing him the, the kittens and the dogs and whatever yeah. that, that they had in the house there. But also it made her think about how she can be kind to everybody and how sometimes the children that she was meeting at the German school and because she was adopted by this high-flying doctor and his, and his wife... With that, all the wealth. With yeah. all the wealth. Um, it made Gudrun, the other character on the farm, think about the fact that perhaps we should be treating people with a bit of respect even though they're not the same as us we can show them some respect and a little bit of kindness. Mm. So I guess looking at it from an education perspective, definitely stage three for me, do you think? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, You couldn't do it with stage two. It would be far too... You couldn't do it with stage two. I think it would be uh, above their ability to empathise, I think. And a bit confronting and for them? Maybe a bit confronting. But as we were talking about earlier, I think if you've got First Nations peoples in, in your classrooms... I think they would identify with the fact that in the story she was taken in the middle of the night along with Mm. other children from her village. It's really mirroring the stolen generation. Absolutely. It is definitely more a stage three book 
but there are elements about it that you could actually discuss with probably year four, not year three, but year fours, I think. Well, I've got a beautiful boy in year four who loves Katrina's work and he got this for Christmas and he said, don't tell me, don't tell me about it. I'm just... <laughs> I was desperate to talk to him because he loves her work and I said, okay, but um, he's in year four, so I'll chat to him and f- be really interested to see what his thoughts are on it. Yeah, exactly, to see how he reacted to the character mm. of Sophia and, and what he thought about the story. So I um, I did look at the syllabus. I... I could you could stretch it into the history syllabus in the global connections unit, but the syllabus is quite prescriptive in where it wants to, us to go. I would pick it up as part of my English work. Yep, because the descriptive writing is so beautiful. And the other thing I would do is take it across from a library perspective in the information fluency framework, the social element, and there is a, an outcome there that says discuss the value of diverse perspectives and describe a point of view that is different to their own because we were chatting earlier about you can present different perspectives to children but it may not change how they think yet it may in time but just opening their eyes to different ways of thinking about an historical event exactly. I think that's I think that's our duty Absolutely and I think that they might find a lot of correlations with what's happening in the world at the moment with the Ukraine, the war in Ukraine and with children being displaced and I think that they would find quite a few parallels. And like you said, they might not necessarily empathise so much because they haven't had that experience, they haven't had that lived experience, but they could at least gain a little bit more of an awareness, maybe a little bit more of an understanding so I think it would be a really good talking point, actually, with classes. I, and we're adults, but I never really thought about the children that were taken so young into another culture and never went back. I just really need to go back and rethink my perspective on those children now who would be adults and what their life is like. Absolutely. So if you avoid stories that bring up some quite difficult situations from the past... We need to make sure we open our eyes to them, we open our children's eyes to them and this book is the most beautiful way to do that. Absolutely. And I would also recommend We Are Wolves. I haven't finished that yet. It's from the other perspectives. They are Germans living in East Prussia and then when the Russians come through, there are three children. So there's Liesl and I forget what the other... There's a brother and then there's a younger girl and the, the brother keeps going Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler and thinks that Hitler is great until the Russians come in and they flee, the whole family flees, the whole village flees but they get separated. So it's it's a similar take on it but it's from a different perspective. An important thing too, it's about identity and about belonging mm. and they strip those away mm. when these kids get caught up in, in these war-torn situations. They strip their belonging, they strip their identity, they have nobody to really help them navigate that really tricky landscape of where do I fit. So, great book, highly recommended. Absolutely. Can't wait to read. We are, I'll finish We Are Wolves. Yeah.